Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Charlie Matz, filling in for Ben Blakey. It's Friday, December 31st, 2021. Today is the last special shorter episode that I'll be doing because tomorrow is the launch of a new revival from the Bible format that we're going to follow in 2022. Pastor Ben has designed a chronological reading program for this upcoming year. We're going to read through the entire Bible just like we always do, but the path that we'll travel will be in the order of the events that have taken place. Tune in tomorrow. It's going to be great. I heard that even if you go to revivalfromthebible.com, of course, after you listen to this, go there and check out the new reading program. So you can download it, you can print it, you can get ready to start with us tomorrow. Now, as the world prepares to celebrate the new year tonight, many people will get out a pen and paper and write down their new year's resolutions. I searched to find the most common resolutions and one site listed the top 10 as these exercise more, lose weight, get organized, learn a new skill or hobby, live life to the fullest, save more money, spend less money, quit smoking, spend more time with family and friends, travel more and read more. Now, many of those things are good things, but typically when people want to make a change like this, they stay on the surface, focusing on changing a behavior, and usually the behavior change is rooted in some type of self-focus. But God commands us Christians to a different reality, to examine our heart and resolve to know and follow his word, to make changes that are shaped by scripture and to the ends of glorifying God, not satisfying our own personal pleasures. Jonathan Edwards, an important 18th century preacher and philosopher, is brought up around this time of year often for his famous 70 resolutions. You see, Edwards was only 18 or 19 when he led a congregation and he wanted to put in writing some guidelines as a compass to direct his way as he navigated this tall task at such a young age. From the fall of 1722 to August of 1723, Edwards wrote down these 70 resolutions. Before he even wrote down the first resolution, he said this, Being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help, I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions so far as they are agreeable to his will for Christ's sake. This statement is important because if you read his resolutions, if you look them up and go through them all, some of them may seem like a misfit for your own walk with Christ. You and I, if we were to write down our resolutions for the upcoming year, would no doubt have different lists. But regardless of what you aim to accomplish for the Lord in the upcoming year, I pray that the foundation is shared with Edwards. We do all of it for God's glory. The why behind our resolve is consistent. God's glory. And as we seek these resolutions for God's glory, sometimes those are going to be about getting back on track. After we've lost our way a bit, we need to be realigned with the truth of scripture. And in today's reading of the entire book of Malachi, we're going to see some of that. I want to unpack six arguments that Malachi has with the people of Israel that unfold throughout this book. These six arguments provide some helpful reminders to the people of Israel, but also us as we prepare our hearts to serve the king in this upcoming year. In the first three arguments, Malachi is urging Israel to remember the law of Moses. So here they are. First, he urges them to respond to God's election with worship. God chose Israel and they should respond with worship for the Lord in response. A question for us in the upcoming year is, do we often praise God and worship him for how he has saved us? Do we preach the gospel to ourselves often to remember God's grace in our undeserved position as his children? If we don't, we sometimes become entitled or become so familiar with the Christian life that we forget that all of it is undeserved and by God's grace, we are his. 
Second, Malachi calls out the priests for condoning Israel's worthless offerings. As leaders in the church, we must continually call the congregation back to the scriptures and to the heart of sacrifice for the Lord. But you, as a leader in your home, of your children, or perhaps a leader in ministry, are you resolved to continually offer to the Lord your best this upcoming year? Third, he condemns their wandering to idols, profaning the covenant relationship with the Lord, and also condemns infidelity in marriage as well. Will you put the Lord first before all things this year? Will you consider your relationship with him a covenant? Will you view your marriage, if you're married, as a model that glorifies the relationship between Christ and the church? Now, in the second three arguments, Malachi is urging Israel to remember the promise of Elijah, which we know is the promise of ultimately John the Baptist, which is ultimately the promise of the coming Messiah, or as Malachi puts it, the coming of the day of the Lord. So in his fourth argument, Malachi rebukes them for questioning God's justice, reminding them that the day of the Lord is coming. Perhaps in the coming year, we can all do more to remember that Christ will return and justice will be the Lord's. We must resolve to stay on mission and not get caught up in civilian affairs, 2 Timothy 2.4. But on the other hand, we must not grow weary of doing good, Galatians 6.9. Fifth, Malachi argues that Israel is experiencing material difficulties, because of their stingy hearts. They were not giving sacrificially and ultimately not trusting the Lord. May we all grow in our generosity and trust of the Lord through our sacrificial giving in the coming year. And sixth, as one commentator put it, Malachi assures his grumbling contemporaries that evildoers who seem to escape divine justice because of their prosperity will yet be judged while the Lord will deliver those who fear him. Maybe heading into this next year more than ever, we need to be reminded of this truth. May we remember what Isaiah says in chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. A study by researchers showed that only 19% of people who make resolutions keep them. That may discourage all of us to never make one. But I would conclude that a resolution is only as good as the foundation it sits upon. Matthew seven twenty four through 27 says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. May our entire life be marked by this idea of hearing the words of Christ and doing them. But also may all of our resolutions for the upcoming year be built on the solid ground of God's word. And may our motivation be to glorify him. With that as our foundation, our efforts will sustain the harshest storms of life by God's power and grace. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. Ben Blakey will be back again tomorrow. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.